Hello everyone and welcome back to the Tripwire podcast, back after a few weeks away. I'm uh, Tripwire's Editor-in-Chief Joel Meadows and with me is Tripwire Senior Editor Andrew Coleman. Hello there. So we've got quite a lot to talk about today. It's been a little while. Um, the first subject we're going to discuss is the return of the cinema in the UK. Um, interestingly, it's become sort of like a, a two-pronged story now because they're talking about reopening cinemas around the country, showing regular films, but... Uh, also, um, Luna Films, who've been doing interestingly drive-in cinema in the UK, have just announced their raft of films for July. And it, it is interesting because the UK hasn't had the same connection with drive-in films as the US, but they've got they've got quite a strong lineup this year. So, Andy, your thoughts on the drive-in cinema in the UK? Well, it could be more than a novelty. Um, I mean, I'm being un- that's a little bit unfair calling that in the first place. Obviously, it's a staple of Americana. It goes back a very long time there, and it's become something that we lodged in our minds as well, simply because it's been seen in so many films. Would it work over here? I think it might do. I think there's a very good, strong possibility that it would. Um, as and especially in the current climate. The possibly. current climate will definitely make it more favourable. People like movies, whether being good at the moment, well, it will be good soon, I should imagine. And the opportunity to see things, you know, to go to the cinema and see things in the correct aspect ratio, the whole thing. You know, so it'll be a new experience. And according to the people who are running it... Um, in the new Wi-Fi sound system, they got ready to you know to go, and um, it should make it very interesting. And there's there's plenty of them. They're doing it at Alliance Park, Blenheim, uh, Warwick Castle, around Castle. the country. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah so it's it's ambitious, if you ask me, and, and I think it will do well. Yes, I mean obviously related to that is is whether the cinemas will reopen. There's talk of them reopening possibly in July. Um, there's been still talk of the Christopher Nolan film Tenet coming out in July that they were talking about it as sort of being the saviour of of cinema, but there is talk now of them putting that back because I'm not sure if July is too soon uh, to reopen the cinemas. So they're talking about possibly chanting back a Wonder Woman into a later slot and moving Tenet into August. Um, so with thoughts on that? Um, well, obviously, you know, the situation has made everything really rather tenuous, rather difficult in terms of the production line, which is what cinema is, what entertainment yes. is. And, as a result of that, everything's completely out of kilter. And we hope that things can get back to some semblance of normality, but I'm not going to expect that much. If they can keep the film so they're not too far from the schedule that they've already announced, that would be great. But again, it would be understandable if that doesn't work out. Everything's still up in the air. Fingers crossed that this is a, a goer, because we really do need some new product out there to uh, generate fan interest and to just to generate, you know, something that is keeping, you know, we need things to keep us from uh, going crazy. Yes, um, I guess the last two subjects we're talking going to talk about are connected. Actually, the first is reopening of of uh, English because we have to differentiate because Scotland still haven't announced that shops can reopen, but in England, Forbidden Planet and Gosh and Ace are reopening after a very difficult you know last few months, and you know they, they're going to put measures in place so they're going to cap the amount of people coming in. They'll make it a one way, but your thoughts about you about English comic shops reopening? Well, it'll be somewhat unwieldy, I think, to make it work. You know, people like to be able to just wander around and not have to think about the fact that they've got to keep their, themselves two metres away from everyone else, and it's, that may prove to be very difficult. Um, having said that, you know, these things are very necessary. I mean, there's a lot of talk, you know, regarding how the move to digital. We have to remember that the face of pop culture, in terms of what we do and 
and amongst other things, obviously, are the comic shops. They are, they provide visibility. And people like going to a physical place where they can browse comics, either old comics or new titles. Well, obviously, yes. And I mean, you know, these places are they're kind of like shrines, almost museums, <laughs> for those people who don't want to spend a lot. You wander in there, I mean, gosh, it's wonderful selection as you walk in. It's all really laid out nicely. You can get a real feel for the hobby just by looking at the graphic novel spread that they've got. Yes. Just as you walk straight in the door. And uh, the same with Forbidden Planet, the complete collector's experience. Um, you know, um, you know, and then there's also um, a few other comic shops that hoping will be open as well. Well, fingers crossed, yeah. You know, hopefully Orbit will be back and, um, and so forth. You know, these things are necessary. We, the, as I've just, I, won't, I won't go any further except to reiterate that you know, visibility is paramount. You know, obviously people these days, young people who are interested in the hobby or, or just reading comics may not be that bothered about the physical thing, but I still think it's very, very important. And of course, on a related note, um, the news just a few days ago on Friday that DC have decided... Uh, to part company with Diamond and to use Luna and uh, CBCS to distribute their monthly comics and Penguin Random House to distribute their graphic novels, um, you know, with, uh, with with some doubt cast on how UK comic shops are going to get monthlies because they can order graphic novels from Penguin Random House. But, you know, up until this point, they've been using Diamond UK and it's, you know, it, it's a, another potential spanner in the works. You know, we had the virus and the shops shut and now the shops are reopening, but they don't know how they're going to get the monthly comics and where they're going to get the same discount and then have to deal with the two different companies. And whereas with Diamond, when the stuff can get palleted and it's very, very safe. Um, we talked to Biff and Biff will be talking later in the show about what he thinks this means um, for UK comics. But it, it could be, it's another major blow to UK and European comic shops. I mean, thoughts on that? I just think that it's, it's weird that it's normally comic shops have enough time to plan ahead. They have, you know, they always do that anyway when they're ordering from their distributors or whatever. Yes. Um, and they're also, you know, they have, you have to be reasonably savvy, especially people like Josh from Gosh, who've been around for so long, Forbidden Planet as well, obviously. And places like Biff as well, of course. Know, they Ace can anticipate course. trends. Yes, that's but true. But you cannot anticipate something like that happening. No. And it's happened at the, you know, it couldn't be a worse time thing. It is just catastrophic, really. I mean, a lot of people said, yes, digital, yes, this, yeah. I'm sorry, this happened before with Heroes World with Marvel a while back. Well, actually, quite a long while. In the 90s, they lost a lot of money. You know, it didn't work. It didn't work. Comic shops, whether you, you know, whatever publishers may think of them, I know it's not their bread and butter, Mm. the movies are now. They they don't want to be messed about with like that. They they need simplicity. They will just have to find their way around it, the the comic shop owners. I mean, it it is something that's going to make life a lot more difficult for them. But, uh, you know, you want the ease of experience, and certainly customers want that. Um, so it will be another, it'll be a stumbling block, a hurdle, and frankly, it's something they could easily do without, no question about that. You know, it does baffle me that they chose this moment to, uh, to announce that, to be honest with you. I mean, there's been talk that it's possibly come from on high, from AT&T, who took over Warner Brothers, because they, they don't, they, they're looking at ways to save money. Well, and obviously, they're... it points out the fact that the margins are getting, I'm doing a bit, sorry to interrupt. It, 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 of course. You know, the margins are getting that much narrower. Yes. You know, the, the, way, that, the way that the publishers have worked is that, you know, that there are... You know, in order to, to break even on titles, you obviously have to sort of sometimes push the market with things like variants and limited editions and so forth like that. But a lot of the time, it, it it's just that narrow. And Warners are obviously not happy with that branch of their uh, of their corporate uh, existence, and they want to do something about it. And I think it's the wrong move. I think it's a sound of desperation, as far as I'm concerned. If it ain't broke, don't yes. it. Yes. No, I no, I agree. Anyway, that's been uh, the latest roundup. We'll be back shortly thanks everyone for listening and thanks again take care